the things that are the most important to your soul growth and to your evolution are sometimes the things that we most resist, right? Because it's so comforting and it feels so good to to be like, I figured it out. I have my little, you know, community. I have like my constant flow of clients. This is working. This is good. And then you get this like calling in your soul to go bigger and you're like, I don't want to do it. And then it's like, yes, you do want to do it. Then no, you don't want to do it. What's up, babe? Welcome to Boldly Courageous, a podcast created for you, the ambitious woman who is ready to take action and step fully into the life you've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Melissa Martin, and each week I will be your virtual wingwoman as you gain the tools and confidence to face your fears head on. The time is now, and this is your permission slip to live your boldly courageous life. Are you ready, babe? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Boldly Courageous Podcast, and I am so excited for you to hear my guest today and this conversation, my girl, Lorraine Martinez Bellamy. Lorraine and I go way, way back. We actually met in network marketing and instantly became girlfriends, and in 2017, I want to say it was, her and I, along with my business partner, Sandy Vo, decided to do a mastermind together. So the three of us used to meet on Zoom I think it was like every week or every other week just to support each other in our businesses. Cause we were all in a place where we knew that we had this thing that we wanted to do. We were all stepping into the next like evolution of ourselves and our business. And we just knew that we needed support. And at this point, none of us, I don't think maybe Lorraine has, but like Sandy and I hadn't hired coaches. We weren't in masterminds yet. So this was literally our first sort of girl gang that we started. And it's so fun to look back at where we first started and see where all of us are now just thriving in our businesses and our life. And I knew that I really wanted to have Lorraine on the podcast just to share with you guys what it looks like again, when two really ambitious women support each other and drop in on a deep conversation. Lorraine and I talked about so much. We talked about, you know, motherhood. She has a four month old baby right now. She is a successful lawyer. She runs a successful coaching business. And we talked about like motherhood and, and what that really looks like when you are the type of person who really values individuality, who, you know, values personal space and how being a mom has really taught her that, uh, if you can, if you can have a baby go through childbirth and have a four month old, you can do anything in life, especially when it comes to business. And Lorraine shares a story about how, you know, her life didn't always look this way. She is one of those people that has literally checked all the boxes. She got to a point in her life where she was a really successful lawyer. She had an amazing relationship with a man who's now her husband. She owned her own house. She got to travel a lot. She was living this dream life, but she was feeling really empty inside. So if you, if you're someone that's ever felt like you've checked all the boxes, but you're still feeling like you want more and you're feeling guilty about like, why do I want more? Like, why can't I settle? You're definitely going to relate to everything that Lorraine shares in this episode. And then we talk all about how creating a solid foundation from a masculine perspective of checking off all those boxes actually allows you the space for your feminine energy and your creativity to be explored. And that's exactly what happened for Lorraine and her business started taking off. And then she talks about one of her superpowers, which happens to be journaling. 
Lorraine has experienced so much success in life and business. And one of the core practices that has helped her to get clear on so many things has been journaling. So if you have struggled to develop a journaling practice, Lorraine talks about exactly how to do that and so much more. Lorraine is a lawyer turned life and business coach. In short, she talks to multi-passionate humans about their most outrageous dreams. Through her programs, she will help you cut your shit, own your magic, and start taking action. And working with her, you will find your very own no BS bestie. Lorraine believes that when we each have a unique gift or message to share in the world, and we are 100% responsible for our lives and our happiness, it's time to get out of your own way, serve the world with your talents, and get that money. Oh, and if you're into credentials, Lorraine is definitely your girl. She has a BS in management and international business from the University of Connecticut and a JD from the University of Maryland School of Law. I loved this episode and I know that you guys will too. Let's dive in. All right, Lorraine Martinez Bellamy, otherwise known as Lolly Love. I'm so grateful that you are here and I wish everyone could see how much you're glowing right now. You have that new mom (laughs) glow that makes my heart like leap for joy. And what I love the most about you is you're just chill, no big deal, just get shit done, like personality. Like on the one hand, you're like the most mellow, down to earth, most grounded. (laughs) But on the other hand, like you get shit done like a boss, like I've never seen anyone do. Like you run a six-figure coaching business and you're a successful lawyer and a new mom and getting into real estate. Like you do all the things and you just make it look so easy. So I'm so grateful for being here. I'm so, I'm just so happy to be with, be here with you and to connect with you um, because we're dear friends Mm -hmm. in real life and life life has just gotten so crazy and busy that it's hard to connect um, regularly, but I'm just so happy to be here and yeah, we're just doing it all, all the time. That's what we do. Like I used to say. (laughs) I love it. Okay. So what is one boldly courageous thing you've done recently? have a baby. <laughs> it's fucking courageous. I I just I I think it's because I'm you know mid 30s. Like I'm 36 and I think that my friends that had babies when they were younger, I feel like they don't give themselves the credit of what it takes to like create a human and then deliver it and then raise it. (laughs) Like, I feel like I can do, if you can do that, you can basically do anything Mm -hmm. because there's nothing more important and like fragile. Right. And that requires you to really show up every day, whether you feel like it or not. And early on in those first weeks, I told one of my clients, I'm like, girl, Like if you can have two kids under two, you can build whatever fucking business you want to build. Like, because you like the confidence and the self-trust that is needed to like grow, deliver and raise a child in these early months is like ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So I feel very unstoppable right now. I'm like, (laughs) just checking one more thing off the list. Like (laughs) this is nuts. And I do wish that moms gave themselves more credit and were more confident in their ability to follow through on other things. Because if you are mothering right now, you are doing some crazy ass hard work and you, you have the discipline and the consistency to do whatever you want. If you just borrow it from, from your mothering. 
Mm. Isn't that so true? Like there's so many parallels to like building business. Like if you treated your business like an actual baby, mm-hmm. how much more successful would you be? Absolutely. Truthfully. And also I'm sure, and we can get into this, but there's, I'm sure there's some components to it where you're like, this does not feel in alignment right now, but I have to do it because this person relies on me. Right. So there's that. Um, and I'm sure the, the mom guilt is real. And I don't know if you've experienced that yet, but I would love to know, like, okay, so your little man is four months old. He's so precious. I'm like obsessed every time you post a picture of him on social. His luscious locks. Oh my God. I can't even handle it. He's such a stunner. He's going to be a lady killer. Um, what has been maybe like the biggest breakthrough or unexpected lesson you've learned in these four months of motherhood? Um, I think just, just how resilient and resourceful you can be when you trust yourself um, and when you allow yourself to make the right decision for yourself and your family. And I think the ways that it parallels for me, entrepreneurship and motherhood, are that you do have to have a basis of self-trust for both, right? Because you can't just be polling the audience every single day and asking your friends and asking your mom for their opinion, because everybody's going to have an opinion, both about your business and about the way that you're raising your kid. So you do have to ground into your own resilience, your own self-trust, and and knowing that you have the ability to make the right decision and you have the resources to make the, the right decision. And there's so many decisions to be made. That's a crazy thing. And so many opinions. So I've I've really just been wowed by my ability to like step into it because I wasn't really sure Melissa like I was like kind of ambivalent about motherhood I was like "Mm, it seems kind of fun sometimes and then sometimes it doesn't seem that fun so I don't know if I want to do this and this is I think another feature of waiting to start your family you're really kind of like not stuck in your ways. You're very settled and grounded into your ways, right? Into your lifestyle and disruption of that seems kind of crazy. And I've noticed that even just even with COVID and a baby (laughs) and delivering a baby during COVID, it has really allowed me to um, realize how grounded I am in myself and who I am and my ability to get things done. And no matter what's moving around and what's shifting in my life, I get to choose how I want to feel. I get to choose the energy I bring to the situation and I can trust myself to make the right decisions. Mm. That's so beautifully said. And I, I want to go deeper on this decision, right, to start a family because you and I are so similar in the sense that we just really like our freedom. Like travel is our love language. Freedom is our love language. And you know, you value experience just like I do. And so I'm curious to know, like, how was that navigating decide, like the decision of whether or not to start a family? Because for me, where I'm sitting is like, well, I don't know if I'm willing to give up the ability to just get up and go and be spontaneous and travel and sleep in. And like, I really like my lifestyle and I know that you really like your lifestyle. Right. So what was the, what was the mindset shift or what was the deciding factor for for you to really sacrifice a lifestyle that you'd become really accustomed to at 36 years old to, to start a family? Um, so my husband 
has an adult child. I have a stepdaughter who's 23. My husband was a really young dad in high school and he's been a single dad for most of her life. So um, I kind of had the, the, the choice. Like he, during our relationship was like, kind of, I'll just do whatever you want to do. If you want to have another child, I'm open. If not, I already have one. Like it was, it was good. But then as she got older and she became independent and stuff, that definitely shifted in that he's a kid person. Like he's just a happy person. He loves kids. Um, and after we got married, we are like, okay, maybe we should broach the topic and figure out what, where we are, how we're feeling. And we were both ambivalent still. And I was, I was just like, I, I don't know. So one, what I had to do was talk to other women who were not the women in my circle, because my close friends all knew that they wanted to be moms from very early on. They were, they, they knew that that's what they wanted to do. So I need, I found, I feel like it was a friend of a friend at a random party and we were talking about kids and having children. And she was very similar to me in lifestyle and in how she felt about having kids. And the advice that she gave me was if you're curious at all, whether it's something that you want to be part of this life, then you should just do it. Um, because you won't, yes, there will be sleepless, sleepless nights, a lot of sacrifice and a change in your lifestyle. But she said, one, you can create whatever lifestyle you want. You can make your child a traveling child. You can create, you can bring in a lot of support so that you can still travel. Um, you can shift things so that it fits both of the things that you're desiring. And then your, I don't know how she said it exactly, but in one way or another, you're going to find a lot of satisfaction from it. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, if you are curious and you never do it, there may really be some regret there mm-hmm. later on. So I think her point was, you'll have the kid and you'll find some sort of satisfaction from it and you'll figure out how to have everything else too. <laughs> and if you don't, if you don't have the kid, you may always have that thought of maybe I should do it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that was the most practical advice that I received for deciding, which is not really that helpful. And, <laughs> and I remember thinking, well, I mean, that's as much as guidance I'm going to get because everybody else was just like, do it. Cause your friends that have kids, they just want you to have kids so you can join the club, you know? <laughs> and they're just like, do it. You'll be happy. You'll never regret it. Um, but I was telling, uh, like we were talking about before we started recording, Melissa, like I have friends now that are asking me because they have very similar lifestyles mm-hmm. to what I used to have. And they're asking me how to know if it's the right thing. And I don't know. I feel like you just, my husband did come to the point where he really wanted to have a baby. Mm-hmm. And he is such a supportive person and such a light in my life that I would, it's not that I had a baby because he wanted to have a baby, but in our relationship, it just felt like the right next move, Mm -hmm. um, where we were and I wasn't against it and he was really for it. And I kind of thought, yeah, I'm kind of curious. And that lady said that if I'm curious, I should probably go with it. (laughs) So the decision-making is like, just like anything else, any of the bigger decisions that we make in our life, there's so much of just feeling into it and finding what you're craving, what you're scared to, to lose and, and kind of just feeling into it and figuring out where your energy is. 
So I love this. And what I'm receiving from it, which is actually giving me permission is I've had this belief that it has to be this or that, right? And like, it's either this lifestyle or it's that lifestyle. And what you're really sharing is that you get to create whatever reality you subscribe to, right? So if you have a belief that it's going to be this or that, or whatever your story is, then you'll manifest a situation like that. But you get to dictate what your life looks like. And if you want to have freedom, how can we have this and that? Like, what is the process? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the opportunity to travel in the way that I would want to travel with a baby would obviously require a bigger financial budget for travel, Mm -hmm. which means what? That you get really clear with your soul's purpose, you align with your gifts, and you go out and you build a business that gives you the freedoms to live the life and provide in the way that you want. So like, this is me literally verbally processing through this right now. So thank you. And this is what we do, right? This is like five <laughs> yeah, friends because yeah. we do this. Yeah. So you said something else that was in there that was really cool too, is that you said you went outside of your circle of friends to seek counsel. And mm-hmm. I think this is like such a good, uh, thing for people to anchor in. This is a nugget, right? Write that down. Um, because this is how you and I started building our businesses. We recognize in our own personal lives that if we wanted to grow in this particular way and Mm -hmm. seek counsel, that we needed to go outside of our immediate circle. So you and I and Sandy Bo started a mastermind together and we would get on Zoom every week and we would talk Mm -hmm. about business and we would talk about money and we'd talk about goals and we pulled in a few other women later on and it was just like supportive and... I found notes from our mastermind calls on my computer the other day. Remember I used to be the note taker Yes. and I was like, I was reading the notes. I'm like, we were so fucking serious about this. So serious getting done on this list. And there was like massive, like goal lists happening. Yeah. Yeah. And look at where we are now. (laughs) So crazy. Right. So, so I want to talk about that for a second because you know, you're, you've created this life for yourself where, you know, you're an incredibly successful attorney. And most people would say, well, isn't that enough? Like, what else do you want? But you got to a point in your life where you were unfulfilled. You're like, I feel like there's something missing. I checked all the boxes. I'm a super high achiever. I have a husband, I have a house, but that, that wasn't what fulfilled you. And then insert your, your business. So you have this like thriving business, you have this thriving career, and now you have this thriving family situation, right? So like, what's the next What's next for you? Because from the outside looking in, most people would think that you literally have checked every box and you have it all. Maybe you do. I don't know. Like, what's the next thing? So I think that if we pause there, I think this is really important for people that may feel that way. Because I think sometimes we think that we need to come from, from like, distress to build a business Mm -hmm. or to, like, we need to, like, have that hustle, hustle, hustle. And I think Melissa and I both went through periods in our life where we were just like, bang, 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 let's just get this done. Let's get this money. Let's do this. Let's do that. And really, you know, subscribe to the belief that we had to work harder and do more in order to check off all the boxes. And then the the issue arose for me once I checked off all the boxes and was like, I'm bored. Like, what exactly am I supposed to do with the next? I don't know. I was 30 when I had this thought. So the next 50 years of my life. I've, (laughs) I've checked off this checklist. Somebody gave me when I was 16. I have like the house, my dream house, you know, the husband, not husband at the time, but the boyfriend, 
the handsome boyfriend who's very successful. We have a great group of friends. We travel all the time. I have a great career. Why do I feel so empty? And one thing that used to occur to me that I think many of you in this um, situation may feel is this feeling of like feeling ungrateful for what you have. Um, and thinking, who am I to like want more? Like from the outside looking in, I have everything. People are praying for what I have already. And here, here I am thinking that I need more of something. And I think this ties into being around people that are doing more because I was in a circle of friends that I love, but they were very content at the time. Um, and then later on, you realize that people, a lot of people were not content. It's just nobody was talking about it. Um, but at the time, because no one was talking about it, you're like in your little silo. And I'm like, well, they seem fine. They're settled down. They seem happy and content with their life. Like, why am I the person that is not happy? with all that I have and like, what else do I need? And when I started getting around people, like I used to say that I was the girl I was doing the most all the time. Like I had tons of projects happening, th tons of things going on, events, trips, things like that. And I always felt like the friend where it was like, what is she doing now? Until I got around friends that were doing more than I was. <laughs> and I was like, this is so nice to not be the only person that's like, doing the most. Um, so I always tell my clients that if you're feeling like you, you're the, the person that can't settle, that can't pick one thing that can't just like settle in on one thing, then just, you just need a new circle of friends and you're going to go find your people that love to do the most with you. And you're never again, going to feel like the girl that's doing the most, right. You're just going to be living your best life and moving on with yourself. So, but that feeling of, um, thinking you're being ungrateful for wanting more and for wanting exactly what you want um, is definitely something that's conditioned into us. And then I remember one day just having the realization that this isn't working for me. So I'm just gonna just keep going for what I want. I want more. I want it all. I want to have all of the things. Um, and for me, it's not so much materially, although I love I love nice things, especially nice dinners and nice wine and nice trips. Um, but it was really that sense of purpose and satisfaction and of doing your, your particular work in the world. And in now getting more into astrology and numerology and knowing my human design, and now it all makes sense. Like now you start learning about yourself and you're like, oh, you have this whole creative side that you ignored for half of your life. And then as soon as your survival, like necessities, your basic necessities are taken care of. So you're financially stable, you're healthy, you're in love, you have a good job. Then that's usually when, you're, when your mind and your ego are like, allow you to kind of see the other things that are missing, right? Because some of us never get to that point because we're always looking for that sense of stability. Um, and I found for myself, once I had ticked off those boxes, that creative side that I had suppressed for so long kind of came like gushing in. And it was like, oh my God, now we get to play. And I'm like, play? Like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like play with what like what is it that I'm supposed to be doing next and and then I started this like probably two to three year process Melissa and I were going through it simultaneously um of like what am I gonna do with myself like I'm not happy in this life that I built and like what do I do now do I burn the whole thing down like 
And I think a lot of people think that, that you have to like burn the whole thing down. And that's really scary to your ego. Like you're never going to take the first step if what your ego is telling you is that you now have to burn everything you work for down. And the fact of the matter is you can really just start by getting quiet 10 to 15 minutes a day and actually listening to what your soul is telling you, the thoughts and the ideas that are coming into your heart and your mind and really connecting inward and upward and starting to download those messages. And the messages are not these drastic things. They're very simple things like go for a walk, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and you're like, you think that you think that what your soul is going to tell you when you finally sit down and listen to it is like, divorce your husband, leave your children behind and go on, on the lamb. And it's like, no, it's your, your soul's probably just going to say, Hey, can we journal? Can we go for a walk? And then you start building that self-trust from actually listening to your thoughts on a daily basis, right? And then maybe it does lead to really big changes in your life. But it's not like Melissa and I woke up one day and we're like, this is what we're doing. <laughs> Every day I wake up and I'm like, what am I doing? What right, am I doing? Exactly. Every day we wake up and we ask ourselves, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing today? Mm -hmm. So if you're one of the people that are feeling called to something else and you're scared that if you sit down long enough to hear your thoughts, your thoughts are going to tell you to burn down your whole life and like run away and eat, pray, love, like that's probably not going to be the case. So don't be scared to sit down and listen to yourself. You're not going to Elizabeth Gilbert on us and just like go to India and Italy and just like live. I mean, unless you really want to. I mean, to, I might. Please. Yeah. I'm, full permission to do so. Um, but I think that's really scary for some people to think that they're going to have to dismantle their whole lives. Like what's mm -hmm. your experience? Yeah. Well, it's, uh, so I'm looking at this through the lens of like masculine and feminine energy, right? So I'm hearing like you built this, this kingdom of safety for yourself from a very masculine perspective. Like I got the job, I got the money, I got the relationship, I've got the lifestyle, you know, I've got the title and all that creates a container of safety, but then you're like, all right, I'm safe now. What? Right. And your feminine was like, please, let me the fuck out. Like, I just want to express myself. And there's a fear behind that. Cause again, it's like, mm -hmm. okay, this whole new side of me that I've never let out of the cage before. And she's been in the basement the whole time, right? She's not been allowed to shine. If she comes out, like, is she going to ruin this whole thing that I've created this box? I put myself in. What will people think of me? What if I show up differently? Will my friends disown me? My parents are going to think I'm crazy. Right. So it's like, yeah, there's like this fear. Right. And but what I'm hearing is, I think what a lot of people strive for, right? They want to create this solid foundation of safety that then gives them space to express their authenticity, their authenticity and their creative side. And through that comes this beautiful evolution of harmony, right? You find this place of happiness and harmony where there's permission to create what it is that your soul desires you're more mature. So your fear of judgment starts to melt away. Your, your knowingness is more rooted and you become so much more confident and so much more authentic. Right. And it's just like hearing you go through all of that. Like it's, it starts, you start to connect the dots. Right. And yeah. you said something in that about listening to yourself and journaling. And I want to talk about journaling for a second, cause you're like the queen, the queen of journaling. <laughs> and Sandy and I were actually talking about this the other day, Sandy Bo and I, 
who is a meditation teacher and she's like the original teacher, like Sandy's lineage, like her soul for those that believe in reincarnation, she's like the original Buddha incarnated on this planet right now. And we were talking about how like the tools for real transformation are free, right? Mm -hmm. Like we, you and I, we are sucker for a good coach. Like, oh, take my money, please teach me all the things. And also everything that we need to do is actually free. It's like breath work, meditation, journaling, listen to yourself, trust yourself. Right. So let's talk about, let's talk about journaling for a second, because this is something that has, I've watched you not only leverage journaling as a way to transform your own life, but you've actually gone out and taught it too. So talk about like, for those that maybe are feeling resistance to journaling, they think they're doing it the wrong way. Like what would be kind of your guide to journaling yeah. and how has it helped you? So I've, I have my journals dating back to high school. In high school, they were very melodramatic. I only used to journal when I was upset. So when I read them back, I'm like, you would have thought nothing good ever happened to me. Um, and one thing that I learned in journaling as an adult now is like, you definitely want to journal when you feel good. And this is, this is a hack and I have my clients do it. Like, I want you to journal when you're on top of the world, because what we're then going to do is (laughs) re-engineer, you know, like reverse engineer how you got there. Like what was going on in your life at the time when you felt like so in flow, what were you doing? What was your daily habits looking like? Where were you traveling? Who were you spending time with? And I think that's really important more when you're kind of like an advanced journaler to make sure that you're grounding into the times when you feel great. Cause I feel like the happy times in our life can sometimes be so fleeting. Like think about your wedding day and how that's what everybody says. Like it's done in a heartbeat. Like it's like find some time to like talk to your husband and to like really like, and it was no matter how much I prepped for it, it was still done in a snap. Um, so being able to kind of at those moments, like the next day, sit down by yourself and really feel into what it felt to, to feel like immense joy is super important. Um, and then we can take a look sometimes and reverse engineer that, that same type of joy in terms of like journaling. If you're like a start, you're starting to journal, or you're feeling like you're not doing it the right way. One, there's no right way to do it. And I, I have a journal course. It's 21 day uh, journal course called the Love Your Life Audit. And we run through like the four major parts of your life through your journal. So it's like health and fitness, um, your finances, um, love and relationships and career and passion projects. I, of course, teach the career and passion po- projects module. And then I brought in experts to teach the other ones. Um, but you get a journal prompt in your inbox every day for 21 days, which I think it could be overwhelming for some people, but it's a great way to many people have told me that they finally were able to create a journal habit by having these prompts arrive because they had their issue was they didn't know what to write about when they opened their journals. So there's two ways to go about it. One, you could just open your journal and mind dump free, write If that's what you're feeling. But what I find with my beginner journalers, a lot of my clients is that's what's keeping them from not journaling. Because they don't, they feel like silly writing their feelings down. They feel like, what if somebody finds this? Like very much like when you were a teenager and like your brother stole stole your journal and told everybody your secrets. So there's still some of that (laughs) running underneath. 
So I usually with beginner journalers really suggest journal prompts. And the easiest way to go to go about it is to find a journal prompt that you love and just use that one all the time. So my favorite one is actually Amanda Francis is one of her journal prompts that she um, that she uses a lot is what am I desiring? Um, and that's usually my starting, like if I'm feeling off and I'm feeling like I need to ground in, the first question I ask myself is what am I desiring? And then I just list off in bullets, like everything that I'm wanting, whether it's things that I'm calling into my life, things that I wish were different, things that I'm striving for and, and trying to accomplish myself, um, things that I'm wishing for other people. And I just make a bulleted list, which is really less intimidating than trying to write in like beautiful prose and some days you'll write in beautiful prose some days you'll just have a grocery list in your journal and that's fine um so maybe you love that prompt and you should definitely use it and then from that prompt onward the next prompt for me is usually um what's telling me that I can't have that and that's when you start getting more into your thought work your mindset your kind of shadow, um, the things that are coming up for you when you're deciding to go for whatever is on your desires list, what is what are the thoughts in your mind that are working against that? And that brings a level of awareness. The other hack that I would suggest for people that are beginner journalers is stop buying 17 journals, like and and writing about your work in one and like your love life in another and like your business in another. I am like Miss Journaler and I just have one journal that I carry with me all the time and it has everything. <laughs> like you like it has like client notes, um, my own like coaching session notes with my coaches. It has my own thoughts. I I I outline all of my courses and programs in my journal first. So it has like program outlines, it has grocery lists, it has everything in one place because. I have had clients tell me that they didn't journal about it because they didn't have the right journal with them. And I'm just like, girl, listen, hey, like we're just going to pare this down to one journal. And I am a home goods freak too. Like I want to go in the journal section and buy them all. And now what I do to feed my addiction is I always give my new clients journals. So I always go and buy tons of journals for my, my retreats and when I'm onboarding new clients so that I can both still go to HomeGoods and buy all the journals and also just like write in one. And the, the magic of it is one, you go through a journal much faster. So you have the satisfaction of finishing one because I know you've all been there where you're just like, fuck. Like I lost that thing and there was still like 200 pages left in it. Um, so put all of your life in one notebook if you can. I know some of you guys are probably very type A and, and your lives are organized in different ways. Um, but find a way that you can show up in your journal more often by making it easier for yourself. Some of my clients journal in their, in their phone in the notes section. I've never been a notes section journaler because I'm a pen and paper person, but um, that works for some people too. I'm dying over here. I'm laughing so hard because I have like, okay, so we go to like a women's empowerment events. Like we've been to the Bliss Project. And like, if you see an extra journal, you're like, oh, I need to hoard the journal. I have I like, I literally am writing in a Bliss Project journal right now. And oh I, have my like, God. I have like nine of them 
And I don't need nine of them, but I won't throw them away because I'm like, I, I need that. the journal. I need the journal. And, and I I'm, love that they're white. I know. I know. And I'm so guilty of like, this is my client notebook. So I do all my podcasting and all my client notes of this. And then I have a black journal that's the For the Love of Money mastermind journal that I put all of my stuff for ladies line in. And then I have my person. I am, I am that person. You're that, that person. But journals. if it works for you, it works for you. But um, it's so funny too, because I'm like, what if somebody reads this, right? Like I write in my journal as if someone else is going to read it. So I have to give all the details of the story. And, and I think the reason why I write that way is because my sister was a journaler from a very young age. Mm -hmm. And um, up until the day that she passed away, my sister passed from, um, from leukemia in the year 2000. So I have all her journals. So I'm like, I, I started to read them. I have to get back into them. And I want to like write a book or something one day in her life. So I'm like, wow, if somebody were to read my journals, like I got to give them all the details, but it's like, I hope no one reads my journals. Like, cause that would either mean that I'm dead or someone snooping through my shit. And that doesn't feel good either. So it's just, do you remember when I lost mine? I do think I, I was, think you cried I was very devastated yes. I did find it but I was going to Denver for a work trip and I left my journal at the American Airlines or the yes. U.S. Airways check-in desk I remember that. and you will not believe guys I will tell you this I called the airport and I felt so silly having them look for my journal because usually you call looking for a phone and they're like girl listen we don't know where your phone is if you don't have bye. find your find my iPhone bye bye Felicia I called and told these people that I lost my journal, both, both American Airlines, TSA, the state troopers of Connecticut were involved <laughs> because they apparently do lost and found at the airport. These people were so nice to me about finding my journal. Like, I think if I was them, I would have been like, girl, it's a notebook. It's gone. Everybody was so responsive to me, called back, left me messages, let me know that they searched the TSA area. They couldn't find it. And I was just like, it just felt so nice. And I don't know if they were also journalers, but it felt like people really cared to find my private thoughts and get them back to me. <laughs> I felt so supported and well taken care of. And then it turned up and I, and I picked it up on my way home. <laughs> and so it is. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Journaling has definitely been one of those things that I have gone back to. It's like comes and goes, right? There's phases where I feel called to there's phases where I don't. I really like that you said like journal when things are going really, really good. Cause plus that's a good energy to anchor into, right. Of like yeah. abundance and gratitude. Like it's like meditating or any of the tools, right. They're all free. Like when things start going really good in our life, we stop doing the shit that got us to that point. And then when we, when Every everything time. falls apart, we're like, why did everything what fall happened? apart? Well, you stop doing the things that got you to where you are. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about, um, like the work doing the things. So you are getting ready to go back to work soon, right? You're coming off of maternity leave. You have two businesses and a human that you're responsible for. So like, what's the next thing? What's the next evolution for, for Lolly Love? That's her Instagram handle, by the way, guys. So that's what we, we call her. Lila. Like, what are you, what are you leaning into right now? What's the next level of growth for you? Um, this is such an interesting time in my life because I feel like I've always had it. Like, this is what I'm working on now. And in this year, and I think it's no surprise, 
I've left so much to just happenstance and have allowed things to flow in and have trusted myself to show up like as the person I needed to show up for on that day, um, that it's been hard for me to ground in and, and create goals this year. And I mean, COVID and this whole quarantine has not helped, obviously, because it's just such a weird time for everyone. Um, and a huge transition for me, like we sold our big house, we're kind of grounding into creating a space that's more aligned with our lifestyle, which is not a huge home. <laughs> which is not a huge home. There's this little baby. And I just, I, I have, I've really tried to anchor into the fact that I'm going to be constantly growing. That's just part of my design. It's part, it's all in my, in my planets and my numbers and all my things is being a constant student. Um, so much so that when they announced that college was free, I tried to see if I could potentially qualify and was quickly told, bitch, you have two degrees. There is no free college for you by. Um, but I love, <laughs> I love learning. And, um, I know that I was talking to Melissa, but before we hit record, I know that my business has to grow, right? I know that I need to scale it so that it can support the vision that I have for the rest of my life. And I'm, I'm honestly wrestling a little bit and finding some resistance and putting myself out there and being more visible and stepping into, um, out of my like little cocoon that I've created of clients and supporters and people that love me and who I love. Um, and, you know, just being a big girl and just being, I was like, Melissa, I was like, I don't know why I have a problem pitching myself to podcasts when it's like some of my best friends podcasts. And I think we all have our kind of stumbling blocks and I'm an incredibly confident person. I'm very unapologetic, but it's kind of like you come over to my house and that's how I'll be, right? I don't know that when I'm thinking about putting myself out there in a, on a larger scale, I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want to go out there. So that's one thing that I'm currently wrestling with in my in my business. And honestly, it's been it's been a while. It, it's probably been a year of knowing this is the next step, and then being like, no, I'm gonna like try all these other things first. <laughs> and see if they work and see if they like allow me to scale and grow my audience. And then I'll come back to that later. So we're always avoiding what needs to come next. Right. And I always, I always say that the things that are the most important to your soul growth and to your evolution are sometimes the things that we most resist. Right. Cause it's so comforting and it feels so good to to be like, I figured it out. I have my little, you know, community. I have like my constant flow of clients. This is working. This is good. And then you get this like calling in your soul to go bigger and you're like, I don't want to do it. And then it's like, yes, you do want to do it. Then no, you don't want to do it. And I think, Melissa, I know that you feel me on this because you've gone through so many of those transformations and of just stepping on to bigger audiences, um, bigger stages, literally for you. Um, and that's just one thing I'm kind of noodling with right now is how do I do this? How do I scale this business in a way that feels good to me and is authentic to who I am as a coach and a leader? Also, how do I lead? Like, what do I want to ultimately, you know, what do I want my leadership style to be like? Cause I've always been kind of like, a lead from the front person. Like I'm doing it. I want to share with you how I do it. And I want you to join me. Um, but I think different seasons in our life just require us to 
change things up and step into something bigger. And I'm just like, I'm resisting like hell right now. Mm, Okay. So everyone who's listening to this podcast right now, I know number one can relate to the fear of being seen and going to that next level. And I know will support you on this mission by sharing this podcast episode with every single person they know saying, you've got to hear this woman, Lorraine speak. She's incredible. She's talented. She's gifted. And guys, if you have a friend that has a podcast, can you pitch Lorraine, please? So we can get her, get her out there. Um, yeah, this is an edge, right? It's visibility. It's like, am I really who I say I am? And what if people find out that like, I'm really like this person who like never has my cell phone charged and it dies all the time. Like all the time. It's like about to die right now. I'm sure it is. Um, (laughs) I'm on my computer though. (laughs) So <laughs> that's good. Like we would get on our mastermind calls and without fail, like 10 minutes in Lorraine would just disappear because her phone would die. Um, there's something else that I was going to say about visibility. Oh, and part of it too, like Sandy and I talk about this a lot too, is like the difference between like being a generator and a projector and like your personality type that like with Sandy too, she's not an outward person that likes to like Sandy's pitch herself. Right? She, yeah. So she gets energy from people just coming, coming to her. Yeah. So Okay. So now that you have this in your awareness and also too, can I just acknowledge the fact that you, like, I know you so well, like this is the lawyer and you're like, let me check every other box first before I do the one that I know is really going to move the needle just to be sure, 100% sure, like that nothing else is going to work and really get the result. I just want to, I want to like, I think that that's one thing that we bonded on from the very beginning is Melissa and I both have very creative, like, very feminine, spiritual, creative sides, and then very masculine, analytical, like practical, like let's get shit done sides. And they're constantly like threatening to take each other over. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. The masculine's like, what do you mean? Just trust. Like, I'm not putting my money on that. Like there's no facts to back that up. And you're like, but just trust. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Every day, every day. Okay. Um, Okay, so... Now that you have this in your awareness, what are you going to do about it? What's the plan? I I think that what I would coach myself to do Mm -hmm. if I was my own coach would be to stop resisting it by just finding somebody else to do it for me. Okay. Well, right. (laughs) Money is the energy of commitment, right? So who can you hire? Right. And we were just talking about this and I'm like, how come I didn't think about that? Like, and I'm so much about hiring out things mm-hmm. that I, I don't. And I, I know that there is, because my issue is not showing up. I will show up at, to whatever you book me for. I will show up with bells on and yes. like, wow. Yes. But the that energy, and I think um, maybe I'll talk to Sandy about it because yeah. my manifestors and projectors have similar outward where we're just used to people coming to us. Um, and and Melissa, you have to be a generator, right? Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm like, touch me, touch me, touch me. Where are you? I'm like, let's hang out. <laughs> and I mean, it's been such a joy to be your friend throughout this process because I always tell people, do not tell Melissa <laughs> what you're thinking about doing unless you're ready to fucking do that thing. Because the minute that you tell her, she's gonna send you people, and then you're gonna have to do it, and you're gonna <laughs> shit your pants, and you're gonna be like, what? Like, you referred somebody to me? Like, I don't even have a website. I don't Mm -hmm. even have anywhere for them to pay me. She's like, figure it out. (laughs) True, that's because I love you. Case in point, like, hey guys, if you have a podcast that Lorraine can be on, like, please. Um, 
yeah, just pay someone to do it. And you know what? Like, but that is so beautiful because that's part of you being in your divine feminine of like, um, it just gets to be easy. If it doesn't feel good to me, I'm not doing it. So let me just pay somebody else who loves doing it so that I can just focus on doing what I love, which happens to be showing up. I don't like inviting myself over to your house. I just want to, I want you to invite me and then I'll show up. Right. Or better yet, you just come over to my house and we'll just keep it simple. Or better. Yeah. Better yet. Come over to my house. So maybe that that you do it so beautifully, right? Like this is like a song and dance that's so close to your, you know, your gift of like being able to, to like cheer somebody else on or really pitch someone else. I will hype you up, girl. Yeah. And I loved when you turned that on yourself this year and in in the past year when you were just like, hey, I'm like a fucking great cheerleader for everyone else. Yeah. I was everyone's hype girl. Yeah. Now I'm going to turn, I'm going to be my own hype girl. Yes. (laughs) That was a hard pivot to make, but so I I received that fully. Thank you for that acknowledgement. Yeah. Mm. So good. So if people want to get into your energy, they want to work with you guys, Lorraine's one of the best in the business too, from a coaching perspective. Like if you're looking for a coach, clearly she's going to give it to you straight. How can people find you, follow you, celebrate you, promote you, book you for their, you know, shows and all things. Yeah. So, um, I hang out on Instagram the most. Um, and my, my Instagram name is Loli love. L-O-L-Y underscore love. Um, and you can find all of my socials on there too. I have an amazing, um, intimate Facebook community called Clarity, Courage, and Cash. That is a gathering place for multi-passionate women. And that's really who I work with. Um, a lot of the time is women who have many projects, a very full life, an accomplished career, a lot going on, and yet they feel like they want to do more, they want to serve more, they want to make more money, um, and they really want to leave an, a lasting impact um, with their lives. And I love supporting you through that and getting you started. Um, and then my website is Lorraine with one R Martinez.com and you can find all of the informations on there. I love it. I love it. I'm so grateful for you and it's been such a pleasure like dropping in with you today and having this conversation and just like watching you grow into this new chapter of mommyhood and you just make it look so easy, which you make everything look so fucking easy. That's just one of your superpowers. So I'm just, I'm so grateful for you being here. And last question, and you can go as long, and this is probably gonna be hard for you. Maybe it won't. I don't know. We'll see. You have full permission. What are you celebrating right now? Um, I am celebrating stepping into motherhood without losing myself. That was one of my biggest fears. Um, It's something that I saw a lot of growing up and in my friends. And I've had such a beautiful experience, experience just making my pregnancy my own. My delivery was amazing. Like it was, it couldn't have gone better and there were crazy, crazy shit happened, but the vibe was just so perfect. It was exactly what I wanted and and this this early motherhood stage it's kind of scary and you could very well lose yourself and i've been so proud of my ability to be very vocal about what my non-negotiables were like showering like i'm a pisces and the shower is really important to me i never knew that until i started hearing people say that they didn't shower when they had kids and i was like hold on what's happening here And what I realized was I told my husband going into it, I was like, Hey, 
I have to fucking shower. Okay. So like 30 minutes of the day, you need to handle everything that needs to be handled. And it became kind of like my sanctuary, especially in those early weeks of being able to just take my time and do like my face stuff and roll with my, all of the things I wanted to roll with and just like put my oils on my uh, diffuser on and just like be in there and kind of ground back into who I was. And I think that if you're a water sign or it's a place where you channel anyway, I think most Mm -hmm. people channel in the shower. That's where you get your great ideas. That's why people have whiteboards in there. And it became such an important part of my self care. And I think a good reminder is for people is that, you know, like your self care and your sanity practices, which is what I call them, they don't have to be fancy. You just need to be consistent with them Mm -hmm. and they have to serve the purpose that your soul is desiring. So for me, it was quiet. You know, being alone is really important to me to be able to reset. Um, And like beautifying is also very important to me. Like I put on makeup even during quarantine, even when I was an early mom, I blow dried my hair just because I wanted to feel like myself. Um, And then after those first few weeks, like it was like, okay, I'm me. I'm still me. There's, I'm not lost. Um, and some days I'm tired and some days I'm, you know, cheerful and sparkly and, but I'm still myself, you know? And I think that that's probably the biggest celebration that I've had in this year. Um, you know, amongst continuing my business with a baby during quarantine, selling a whole house, moving into another house, like amongst all of the other things that I've done. Um, my biggest accomplishment has been that I'm myself, I'm grounded, and I didn't lose myself in any of it. Mm. And I love you for that. Thank you for being you because you just give so many other women permission to fill their cups first. And I think that's so, so needed and so powerful. So thank you. I love you. I'm so happy for you. I can't wait to see you on some top rated podcasts soon and like getting yourself (laughs) out there and all the things and all the places. I'm going to be calling you like, Melissa, what did you do? (laughs) (laughs) You spoke it out into the world. And so it is. So So it is. Guys, make sure you give Lorraine a follow on social media and please, please share this episode tag us and let us know what your biggest takeaway was. Let's help us spread this message and get this woman out there even more (laughs) because the world needs to hear her gifts. I love you so much. Thank you for being here. You're the best. Love you too. All right, guys. And until the next episode, live your boldly courageous life. Bye. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It is truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to fully step into the life they've always dreamed of. I would be incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes and leaving me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life.